millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He ko nai purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. I've never forgotten that day at school when I looked to see who was punching me in the back, and it's the ground's way up there. That's my nana remembering the moment the Napier earthquake struck. It just felt as though someone had punched me right in the small of the back, and I'm looking around to see you've done it. You've probably seen pictures of the destruction or studied it at school, but have you heard it described like this? No, I nearly had a fit when I saw the ground up there, and then because she got thrown to the ground. I'm Sarah Robson, and I'm a journalist at RNZ in Auckland. And my dad's mum, Isabel, my nana, was 14 and a half when the quake hit on February the 3rd, 1931. Her mum and dad, my great-grandparents, were Scottish and they lived at Whakatū, just outside of Hastings. Isabel went to Mangateriteri school and like me, she had red hair and freckles. She had five brothers. Her younger sister, Margaret, wasn't born until the year after the quake. In 1998, when I was almost 10, I had some questions to ask her about New Zealand's deadliest natural disaster. It was the first and really the only time I talked to her about the Napier earthquake. I was in Mrs Cole's class at Lytton Street School in Fielding. Each week we had to do a two-page homework project and we were allowed to pick the topic. But there was a catch. Whatever the topic was, it had to begin with the letter of the alphabet we were up to. I was up to the letter N, so picked the Napier earthquake. Armed with a tape deck and a blank cassette, my mum and I went round to Nana's little pensioner flat, tucked away in a cul-de-sac off Fitzroy Street. My Nana was sitting in her big comfy armchair with a good view of the TV, and I was on the other one. Mum had a seat at the kitchen table in the corner. I was meant to be asking all the questions, but you'll hear my mum chipping in too from time to time. And in case you're wondering, when I was nine, I wanted to be a dance teacher or a fashion designer, not a journalist. What were you doing at the time of the earthquake? I was at school, and it was that first day at school after Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. And we were all out on the football field, because we weren't doing any work inside. Lucky. And yeah, we were and just happened there and then. It felt like someone had punched Isabel in the back. She turned around, expecting to see a schoolyard bully. Instead, the ground came up in a wave behind her, and she and her schoolmates were knocked over. Here's my obvious follow-up question. Did anyone break their nose? <laughs> Pardon? Did anyone break their nose? No, no, there was nobody here at school. <laughs> Isabel heard the earthquake coming. It sounded just like thunder, but she had no idea what it was. Was it scary? It was scary, all right, because we didn't realise what was going on. 
To Isabel, the shaking went on for about 45 seconds, but others reckoned it went on for more like two and a half minutes. It clocked in at magnitude 7.8. Across Hawke's Bay, the ground shook, cracked and rolled. Huge expanses of land were pushed up out of the sea. Buildings in Napier and Hastings crumpled and roads were impassable. So how did it look at Mangateriteri School? Well, there's a lot of damage inside the school, like things falling off walls and books off shelves and things like that. But otherwise, we never were allowed inside the school again that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw the, as I say, the chimney at the Rockatee Freezing Works go. It was a brick one, of course. And it, it, shoot up in the air and break in three bits and four. <laughs> <laughs> and there was an uh, awful lot of dust went up. How did you get home from school? Uh, my older brother came in the car, picked us up and took a lot of other kids that had no way of getting home, so we all got a ride home. So the roads were obviously all right around Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. they were all right there, Yep, that was my mum getting in there with some questions too. Nana's mum, who my dad refers to as Granny, was at home getting ready to go out. When the shaking started, she grabbed the nearest child. And of course when the earthquake comes, she grabs him and going outside. And she just got to the back door and there's a big safe hanging at the back. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it came and hit her. Oh, right. And then she was thrown down to the bottom of the back stick, and they were quite high because there was concrete floor down below. Luckily, Granny ended up with just a few bumps and bruises after her tumble down the steps, but inside the house was a bit of a mess. The wardrobe with the the mirror on the door fell over and Dad went and picked it up and put it up and then it fell down again that night and cracked it And the cupboard doors flew open and all the jam and all that out of the shelves dropped down on the floor. When the Christchurch earthquake hit in 2011, we knew pretty quickly how bad the damage was. It was broadcast live on our TV screens. We saw the constant updates online and heard the civil defence warnings on the radio. We saw the pictures of pancaked buildings and survivors covered in dust. There was none of that in 1931. You had to go to Napier to see it for yourself. Because we never realised what we were going in for because there was no such thing as radios going. You didn't get transits to radios those days. And that's what they did. Nana piled into a car with her dad behind the wheel and headed to Napier. And it was full, I can tell you. What was Mrs. Ramsey and Peter and Bella and Mum and I, Jim and Dara and Don, all in the car again? It was only a five-seater. (laughs) Marine Parade was covered in concrete and gravel from the beach. The city was in ruins, collapsed buildings and debris everywhere. Not long after the shaking, a fire broke out in a chemist shop and quickly spread. In the end, 11 blocks of the city burned after firefighters ran out of water. I also ran out of questions. Oh, I don't know, Sarah. We'll think of something. Hmm. Well, getting back to what Napier looked like, was it, were, there also, were the fires still going then? Yeah. 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 yeah.
Nana didn't really talk about the damage she saw, but she did tell me this. Because it was on fire when we got the... It was the people, they looked so bewildered. Well, you've seen war zones. Well, it was just like that. Lots of people were heading to McLean Park, where the Red Cross had set themselves up. Isabel and her family went there too. And they had tents up for people that their homes were damaged and they stayed there. And those wandered tents were able to get them. So my dad got one and he took it home, pitched it on the lawn, and we all stacked them there. So you basically had a camp out? Yeah, we had a camp out, that's right, we did. What did you do about food? Oh, uh, well, the baker still came with the bread and the butcher. And of course, we had our own vegetables and fruit and that, so out in the country, you were quite good. They didn't have power, but there was a coal range and they could still use it because their chimney was intact, unlike some of their neighbours. They had water too. They had an artesian well, so didn't have to worry about the water being out because of broken pipes. Still, the aftershocks rolled on, and Nana's family slept in their Red Cross issue tent for about a fortnight. But the biggest aftershock hit 10 days after that initial quake, coming in at magnitude 7.3. And that was the last straw for Isabel's dad. Dad said, this is enough. You've had enough. So he sent none and his kids on the train to Wellington. Oh. And the Red Cross took over. Right. You see. And they paid for the fare to go mm. there and then they put us in a beach house at Rikenai. Right on the beach. And we were there for a month. It wasn't really that much of a beach holiday. Every day, Nana and her brothers walked from their house on the coast up the hill to school. Of course, they returned to Hawke's Bay and Nana finished school the following year. Napier and Hastings were rebuilt in the now famous Art Deco style. You might have noticed that there aren't really any high-rises in Napier. That's because they put a limit on how high the buildings could be rebuilt to prevent a repeat of February the 3rd. In the meantime, though, I had some homework to finish. Well, I think we've probably got enough these days. <laughs> you better say thank you. Thank you, Nana. Oh, that's been a pleasure, Sarah. <laughs> now I will get... Oh, I don't know. Well, you better turn it off. Just push stop, man. Nana married my grandfather, Eric, in 1938. Their first child, a boy, was born later that year. They had two more kids, a girl, and a few years later, another boy. That was my dad, the baby of the family. They moved to Manawatu before my dad started school, and they shifted around a fair bit. Rangawahia, Kiwatia, Waituna West, Colleton. When a house came up in Fielding in the 1960s, they moved there. It was just a few years later, though, that Nana found herself a widow. Nana's dressmaking skills were sought after. And when my sisters and I came along, she made us beautiful dresses and cardigans. She could also crochet, hats, scarves and blankets. I still remember sitting there as she tried and failed to teach me how to do it. When my sisters and I went round to her flat, we played shops with all her little trinkets and her jar full of old coins. 
Nana died in 2007, just a couple of months shy of her 91st birthday. Mum put the cassette tape with my interview in a safe place after the funeral. After the Kaikoura quake in 2016, I began wondering where it was and whether it would have another life. Mum found it, and here we are. And if you were wondering how that school project went, I spent ages illustrating my two-page spread in my 1B5 exercise book. I coloured in headings with cracks through them and drew a border that looked like an earthquake on a seismograph. And I was pretty sure, with my interview with Nana, I was onto a winner. I got a B-. This episode of Eyewitness was produced by me, Sarah Robson. The engineer was Jeremy Ansell, and Tim Watkin is the executive producer. You can subscribe to Eyewitness at Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, Podbean and Apple Podcasts or at rnz.co.nz slash eyewitness. While you're on Apple, please click on the rating and review tag and give us a rating. That way more people hear about us. And if you've got stories you want us to tell, please email us at eyewitness at rnz.co.nz. And if you like Eyewitness, you need to listen to RNZ's Black Sheep, all about the shady, controversial and downright villainous characters of New Zealand history. Noho ora mai. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.